Hello, everybody. Thank you for... Wow, I am already messing up, but that is cool. We're going to keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Doing it live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Should I Watch That? The official film and television podcast of, I guess not uh, a network as of yet, but of uh, a little branch of Should I Play That? Where we discuss film, TV, and things of that nature. I am your host, Rod, here with Chris. What's yo, going yo, on, Chris? Yo, yo, what's going on? Oh, man. Yo, listen, you thought you messed up. That was a great entrance. I feel I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I could kick off my shoes. Like, yo, that I'm excited. <laughs> good, good. And to kick off this episode, the, the return, the, the excellent return of Should I Watch That? Something that we at uh, Chris and I have, have really anticipated for a while. We're, we're bringing on a, an extremely special guest on the show today. Um, we've, we've had guests on Should I Play That? for the past few weeks, and they were all great, all special. This week we're bringing someone even more special than that, and he is a friend of the show, friend of both of us, um, and someone who has done this podcast business with us before on previous in- incarnations of this show. And uh, that would be James. James, how you doing, man? Bro, I'm feeling great now. I was not expecting an introduction. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, of course, we got to roll out the red carpet, man. <sighs> okay. Hold on. I'm a little sweaty now. Let me calm down. <laughs> it feels good to be back, man. Well, hello, everybody. It's your boy, uh, James Green, uh, Escalade 09, a.k.a. Uh, I don't have another a.k.a., do I? <laughs> I, I don't know. Do, do a.k.a. E-Bombay. We're here now. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's end game. We're in the end game now. Excellent, excellent, and that's that's exactly what we're doing. We are in the end game because we are talking about Marvel Studios Avengers End Game, quite possibly the biggest movie of the year, maybe even the past few years. I would say decade. Yeah, you you're probably right about that. Uh, we're recording this as a, um, on probably the Monday after this film was released. And I want to note that because this film has made $1.2 billion worldwide. What? Yes, it is insane. Um, with a, I want to say, $350 million domestic haul, that is unprecedented. Um, I think this film is unprecedented for a number of reasons, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, before we get dive into the review, I, I wanted to kind of say something really quickly just about this show this show should i watch that very special to me um personally it was something that we started a really long time ago and it feels like a long time ago it's been about two and years <laughs> it's, it's certainly yeah maybe maybe um and i i really wanted we wanted to bring this back and we wanted to make sure it was right and we're still kind of working out the plans on what we want to do with it ultimately but we did get some requests to to check out Endgame and talk about it on air. So that's what we're going to do. And I think this is the most appropriate film to do this for. So I'm really excited and thank you guys for being here for it. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into some of the history that each of us have with the MCU. Because this is a... 
this is a studio and a franchise that has done just unparalleled. They've they've accomplished just tons tons of achievements here. James, what is your personal connection to the MCU? Are you a fan of the franchise in general? Am I a fan of the MCU? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's good. Um, man, I've been with MCU since the beginning. Um, Iron Man one. We're taking it all the way back. Um, I remember watching Iron Man in theaters, and I remember watching it again in my living room downstairs, and being like. I just don't even see like where how this is all gonna tie together, but it just kept going. And um, I mean, all of my favorites are here. My cousin loves Iron Man, so Iron Man fan by by blood. Um, Spider Man fan by by life, by just bound <laughs> to him. So I mean, I'm just been excited to see like see them uh, imagine these characters so well and so vividly, and to like to cause this connection. A billion dollar connection like this, I just, it's just never been seen before, and it's wild for me. So I'm, I'm just kind of glad to have been a part of it, honestly. It's just a viewer, even. Yeah. But what would you say is your favorite MCU film? Ooh, that's really tough. Um, favorite MCU film, honestly, look, thinking back on it, it might have to be um Winter Soldier. Mm, okay, it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. It's not a traditional superhero movie, and I think that's probably why it stands out to me so much. Because it took me post the movie to really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It made me enjoy Captain America, which is really hard for me to do. I'm just going to put it out there. He's, it's <laughs> difficult for me to enjoy Captain America as a comic book fan anyway. But Chris Evans has done his thing with that character. And yeah, that one stands out. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that, that might be the film that I've seen the, the most amount of times. I think I've seen that one maybe three or four times actually wow um, yeah and all right chris what is your connection to the mcu are you a fan listen 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 superhero movies like by far has been like my favorite genre like stemming back all the way back to um you have like the dc superhero movies like the original batman batman Returns. so like those are like the, you know, honestly, like the cream of the crop for DC at this point. Um, but leading into like the whole Marvel thing, like seeing them, you know, go out on a limb, make Iron Man say, Hey, why don't we try and do something by create, like creating this universe of movies and making like this really long storyline that gets like people from like different branches of life all together. Cause honestly, like you have, you have the different hero movies. I feel like all the different movies had some sort of like different touch to them that brought people in to the overarching like Avengers theme. And I like there's some movies, certain Marvel movies that like I would have never seen by themselves if they weren't tied to the whole Marvel universe, which is gen- genius marketing. Like they, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one out there who's like only seen the movie just because it mattered. Mm. yeah that's yeah. true so uh definitely you know definitely definite kudos to them for that um i i think my favorite movie has to be civil war mm. it's, it's a yeah it's a cross between civil war and winter soldier and black think, panther it's amazing what they've done with the cat movies man yeah 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 i think he has one of the most radical shifts um, in the MCU, for sure. 
So yeah, that that's a really you bring up a really good point about about the the interconnected nature of the MCU, and that's something that I definitely want to bring up when we talk about the future of this franchise, like towards the end of this review. Um, so for me, I am an MCU fan. I remember I remember watching Iron Man one in the theaters and hearing that I need to stay after the credits. And but not really understanding why at the time, uh, just like, you know, OK, maybe a neat little tease and seeing Samuel Jackson come out as Nick Fury and tease the Avengers. I I just remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I remember that moment and thinking, well, that might look really silly. Other studios have tried to replicate that and not been as successful. Um you know, no one has really been able to do the Marvel formula like Marvel, and like it or or hate it. Like these, I mean that that to me is indisputable. No one can really take that away from from Marvel, whether you love or hate these movies. Um, so ultimately, I have a pretty storied history with, with them. I've seen almost all of them in theaters, um, and and generally enjoyed all of them uh, to varying degrees. And I think some of them are really, really special. Like, I think the Guardians movies are special. Um, the Cat movies are special. And Black Panther, I think, is very special. Um, they are movies that are continue to elevate themselves above just the, the standard conventions, the genre conventions of what superhero movies can be. Um, I think Winter Soldier, you guys both named in your favorite, your, your top MCU films. I would definitely agree with that because it felt like James, you said it didn't feel like a standard superhero movie. Um, that's exactly what drew me to it and what kind of led me to rewatch it. Similar to like how a dark Knight feels. Um, right. And yeah. And every single movie, I would say past winter soldier, all of the movies after that are all going for a certain thing. They're, they're, they, there is a somewhat somewhat of a template there, but it, it's becoming less apparent as the years go on, and that's something I appreciate. Um, and I would echo your sentiments as Winter Soldier probably being my favorite, with a with maybe Black Panther coming in a very close second, um, because I just I think what they did with that film, what they achieved, what they said. In that film is something that films just straight up don't do, really. Like you know, um, and I really appreciate that. So now that we've kind of talked about that, let's talk about what. Let's talk about Endgame, okay? And this is going to be a formal warning to you if you have not seen Endgame at this point. I mean, you sh- you probably should. Uh, <laughs> this is we're going to start. We're just going to talk openly and freely about this movie. We all kind of decided that it's difficult to talk about Endgame without spoiling it <laughs> inherently for people. Um, so if you haven't seen it, get out now. Come back later. We're going to have an awesome discussion. So there's your warning. Okay. James, Avengers Endgame, start us off. What were your expectations coming into this movie, and did they meet them? All right. So expectation-wise, my biggest question... And I'm sure everybody had the same question was, how do we fix this? Mm. Like, because I've, I've seen what the Infinity Stones can do in comic books and all that stuff. And it's not always so, it's not a simple thing to like go against that kind of power. So it's like, how do, how do we fix this? And I think that um, 
they handled they handled it really interesting. I was not expecting though we go straight at him and we just end him and we'll figure out fixing it afterwards. I did not see that. I saw them somehow trying to like force him to fix what he'd done or something like that. But I I think that hitting hitting the ground running with going straight after Thanos was a great idea for this movie. Because there's a lot of slow burn in it too. But it's like a good it's like a good burn. It's like opening the fresh can of Sprite. Like that's the kind of burn that it that it just kind of rides out with for the first like two hours. Accurate, accurate. Oh man, but it's it's just it's paced so well. I, I love what they did with this. Um, I expected I expected time travel. I knew it had to happen somewhere, shape, or form. Um, I didn't know how they were gonna fit the quantum realm into it. I'm glad that they did. It gives Scott Lang something that he needs to do, and I can always take more Paul Rudd. I love his Ant Man. I <laughs> yeah. really do. I'm glad they went with Scott versus Hank Pym. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that it it gave us a good look into the mindset of each of the Avengers that have to do the avenging, that they have to live with this failure and five years of suffering, basically. Yeah, yeah. You put it beautifully, like exactly how I I was going to say it. Like, I can we talk? Let, let's back up just a hair for a second because i really want to talk about like that hawkeye sequence i was gonna that's what i was gonna bring up. yeah can we okay (laughs) that that was a like because it it, it cuts straight into it that's the thing that got me it was like i was expecting some sort of like i don't know what i was expecting them to open up the movie but like for it to cut straight into the you know the snapshot happening for hawkeye like like just hearing like the audible gasp when his family gets snapped and like it happens it happens when like he has his back turned yeah and and you know it's come like you know you're watching that scene from the very beginning knowing what's about to happen like you you understand at least i did i'm not sure about everyone i i figured it was happening because he hadn't been no it hadn't been mentioned yeah no yeah Yeah. but i feel like it it that's what made it worse exactly you knew knew what was happening and like the way they were building up you were like oh damn yes she's not coming back with she's not coming back with that arrow yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's that feeling of of dread kind of like a horror movie it's like the one something that a horror movie does very well and it's something it's a it's such a bold way to start your big summer mega budget four quadrant blockbuster film off with like with this devastating sequence like i thought that was super bold and see i was hoping he was going to keep at least one member but when (laughs) i realized like everyone was gone i was like man yeah that's that's a huge l yeah yeah and and you needed that if you for some reason if you missed the last movie I don't know why you do that. Or if you didn't catch Ant-Man and the Wasp, which did a very similar thing in their end credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tonal shift for sure. Um, right. And like it, it, it the, the, something else I, I really loved about it was that it grounded the stakes. Like before it's, you know, we're, we're not really seeing, I, I mean, I guess we do a little bit in the end credits for Infinity War where we kind of see like a ground level version of what would happen in that in scenario. But I liked this sort of quiet, um, this this quiet move to um, a very very relatable situation. Um, if you guys have ever seen the HBO series The Leftovers, it felt exactly like that. Um, it's a series of where like people just straight up vanish with no warning at all. They just disappear one day. Um, mm-hmm. 
And it felt very much like that. There's no music. There's no nothing. It just kind of happens. And you don't even see them get dusted. That's also the chilling thing is that, like, you just see a bunch of – you see, like, a little bit of dust in the wind, but not like we did in Infinity War. Um, so, yeah, great, great sequence. Um, yeah. And you were talking about how you were surprised that the first 15 minutes they, they confront Thanos. Yeah, like, I mean, Chris, what – did you were you surprised by that as well? Yeah, so them going into you know them getting kept. Oh no, wait, let's rewind that back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the intro real quick. Yeah, so oh, can, oh sure, can talk, sure. Can we talk about how actually no, this, I'll start off on the light light point. I like how they had the moment of Iron Man and Nebula like playing yeah. the the football. Yeah, you know the paper football. Like I thought like that that also grounds the characters a little bit more because like they're they're drifting in space they're running out of food they're running out of air like it's it's a dire situation but for them to connect on a level that they do and for you know tony to make his like you know his his final like message to pepper like that's you know it it was you know it tugged at my heartstrings a little bit yeah but here's the thing where did captain marvel come from like there's there wasn't really no, like, hey, you know, this is, like, a distress signal or, like, anything like that. Yeah. So, it's presumably, the her end credit sequence in her actual, her solo film happened before she shows up. Like, she goes to Earth because of the pager. I'm assuming they fill her in on what's going on. And then she goes to find, perhaps maybe goes to find Tony. Oh, see I that scene. The they Marvel. they should have they should have put that in the movie. That I was surprised. I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't because if you see you're you're rewarded if you see Captain Marvel and you see that sequence. Because okay, so let me tell you something that I so something that they did with Civil War and um oh man what was the what was the post credit scene where it, it's uh, Samuel it's Falcon and Cap. And they have Bucky in like a, they have him captured in his arm. What, yeah. What, what movie was that, that in? That was uh, that was Winter Soldier. Was that the that was the end of Winter Soldier? It was more no, it was more or less like the like middle, if that like that, a little that, bit that, a little bit past. It was like a little bit you know not the beginning but like building up to the middle. Okay, because that oh wait no Ant Man the post credit scenes uh, sequence of Ant Man has that in it because. Falcon goes, I know a guy who can help us. And then yeah. that leads into Civil War. Okay, so the thing that was, and my point there, sorry, that was a roundabout way to get to my point. Um, the the point I'm trying to make is that, like, with Ant-Man in that sequence, I felt a little, it, it felt weird, like, watching Civil War, and it was like, oh, though, that's just a sequence, like, from the end of this movie. Kind of like what they did with First Avenger and the actual Avengers. Like, the whole post-credits of that is just like a trailer for the Avengers, which was weird to me. Or, like, kind of a cut sequence of Cap, like, punching the, the bag, and Nick Fury's like, hey, I'm trying to get you out in the world, Cap, and like, I, I don't know, I like that you're you're getting a narrative beat, a very small beat, in her movie that directly leads into Endgame. Like, maybe they could have had an extra line of dialogue there, and been like, you know, oh yeah, we talked to Captain Marvel or something, but, that's but probably... I did... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's huge how it would play out inside of a comic book. Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if you think about the Civil War arc they did, there are so many interweaving stories between the inputs of, like, the X-Men and Spider-Man and Captain. And, and they have little things like that that send them back into the main narrative. 
Right. So, so right. I, see, I see where you're coming from. That's a, it is a good idea. Yeah. See, and, and this is why I enjoy this podcast. So guys listening to this podcast and we're in the same boat as me. That was like, yo, this makes no sense. Now it makes perfect sense. So thank you, Rod. Thank you, James. No problem. That's why we're here. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't expect her to show up so early. I was happy to see her because I, I, I like Captain Marvel. I like Brie Larson in that role. So I was definitely happy to see her. Um, but yeah, like I am curious if people hadn't seen her movie, like how how they would react to her or, and if like that makes people want to check her solo film out more. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally with you with the Nebula and Tony Stark thing, like in the beginning, like that is such an, an interesting, cool relationship that I, I was very much into. Um, and, and James, you said something really great earlier when you said that like the, they, um, it's it's like a slow burn. Like that's how I feel this movie was. Um, I, I liked Infinity War just fine. I, I thought it was fine. I liked this so much more Agreed. because this gave me this gave me all the things that Infinity War couldn't. Infinity War was like two and a half hours of like of heroes punching other things, and that's cool. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But this gave me quiet, introspective moments of characters just kind of interacting that's what i go to marvel movies for i don't really go for the action like i go to see cap talking to like rocket raccoon or like nebula talking to tony stark like like that stuff to me is like the core of what makes these mcu films so compelling um and endgame had that just in spades yeah i i feel that um i feel like going back to like what we're leading up to with the with them just going straight to Thanos, um, I I was expecting them to get you know destroyed, and like that after getting destroyed, having to you know retreat back and like come up with like another plan. So like yeah, the whole yeah. the whole like you know Thor going for the head and for uh, them doing this, the time skip, like I I was not expecting that like at all. Yeah, that's how I thought they would go. I thought they would totally just get their ass kicked and then have to come back and be like, okay, well, that didn't work. We can't just beat this guy with brute force. we got to come mm-hmm. up with a, a different way. Um, so, yeah, having that play out in, in the way that it did was surprising. Um, and also, also completely hidden in the marketing. Completely hidden. and yeah. Which is fantastic. Good job on Disney for that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and we just and, and we just see these characters five years later. And, and how about that title card, by the way? Five. Dot, 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 dot. Years. Dot, 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 dot. Later. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. I was just like, whoa, that's a pretty big time skip. And we've got, like, two hours and 40 minutes left of this film. Um, and so just watching everyone moving on or attempting to move on. Right. And attempting. seeing... Yeah, attempting. Like, and, and seeing the world afterwards was very very welcome like again in this like four quadrant mega bus budget blockbuster movie like we're just kind of living in this disaster like the 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 problem has not been solved like it's if anything it's just you're just kind of in the moment and that's a pretty bold move too yeah so i want to say this real quick so shout out to the real mvp of this movie aka the rat that turns on the machine uh the the van Master Splinter. Yeah, you know, shout out to him. The real MVP, because without him, we wouldn't have any of this. But it ended right just in there. You're right. 
Doctor Strange saw that too in Infinity War, you know? Yeah. All part of the end. tell you or it wouldn't happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, exactly. Here's, so here's the thing. With that next segment, I, I sort of feel like it was it was a little drawn out. Which one? Of with um Scott like figuring out that he was, you know, five years into the future and then like finding his daughter and then I don't know. Like I feel like that that could have been like a, a smaller scene. Because mm. nothing really came from it. Nothing yeah, it was more or less like a like a I guess them t- giving you like more of like a reason on not even more of a reason, but like I don't know, it just fell out of place. Of them like slapping you in the face saying like this is what's really going on. Like we already got that in like the first like twenty minutes of the movie. Right. Mm. Hmm. But yeah. I guess he I guess he needed that in order to spark him going to the Avengers. Why? Yeah. Cause if he if we never saw him dealing with any of that, he just kinda got out and was like, gotta go find Cap. That'd be weird. Which I mean, he he sort of does. Like he goes from San Francisco to New York, and what seems to be pretty instantly. Mm-hmm. But he needed to. But that's we needed to establish the reason for him getting across the country. Yeah, because it would have been weird if he's kind of popped out and didn't yeah. have any questions. Because like the moment he saw his daughter, he was like, okay, something's up. Yeah. Right. Right. Gotta yeah. Go I figure mean, this out. He's he's the catalyst for he's kind of the catalyst for for the movie in a way like I mean he goes to the Avengers and with a plan or at least an idea mm-hmm. of what needs to happen um, and informs them about the quantum realm and and they kind of go from there and that's really cool actually like you know to have to to have Scott Lang be you know he's he's the star of maybe some of the lowest grossing Marvel movies in the franchise but he's They're got so good. Yeah, I, I I do agree. Like, I think that they're legitimately like entertaining movies, and I enjoy them. Um, and so to to give him such a pivotal role in this, I I think is really cool, very cool of Marvel to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, we let's kind of gloss over where people are at this point. Like, I mean, Black Widow's kind of taken over the Avengers HQ, right? Right, she's um, Nick Fury now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she she really is. Um, you know, kind of giving giving orders to some of the other Avengers on various missions, uh, kind of trying to find Hawkeye at the same time, right? Um, and... Oh, so quick, like, uh, mm, I don't know if this is like, this is, I guess this is leading into, uh, yeah, never mind. This, this is going to be something, like, this. let's bookmark this scene for later when we talk about the future of the MCU, because there's actually, like, some theory crafting that goes on in that scene. Okay, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, we've got that. We've got Cap kind of in a support group with um, actually the first on-screen LGBT character in the Marvel universe. So that's actually interesting. Um, he's talking to a man who was dating another man or something like some sort of support group. I guess the other man had disappeared. Um, that's actually Joe Russo, who is one of the directors. For... I thought that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, his daughter is um, it's Hawkeye's daughter actually. Uh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's a little um, up there doing her thing. Yeah. Nice. So uh, yeah, we got Cap doing that. We've got uh, Hulk. One of the biggest, I think, this this reveal kind of has two of the biggest developments to me. Which one of which is the Hulk, where uh, Hulk has and Bruce Banner have like fused and like they've 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 fused like Hulk's body and 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 Bruce Banner's mind and he's smart Hulk now and I I just love that sequence at the diner where they're taking selfies with the kids. 
Right. So I'm good. Yeah. You want to tell me what? No. no. And, and I love how they drag that out. Like, the, yes. like, like, Goku's like, yeah, no, they really want to take a picture. He's like, no, like, that kid's audibly saying, no, I don't want to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> take your camera. Yes. It's funny because it's probably how it plays out in real life, too. Yeah. 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 Cl- classic, classic Marvel humor, I, th- I think, uh, right there. That's, that's good stuff. And, and the, the, one of the most affecting developments to me personally was, was Thor, actually. And, and it's played for laughs initially. You know, he's like revealed to be this drunkard, this huge dude. Like he's got a giant beer belly. It's like Chris Hemsworth is always shirtless in every one of these movies. And he is definitely shirtless in this one, but it is not how you might want it. <laughs> um, and I love that little bit of subversion there. Um, I would also say that I, I love that he's truly grappling with the the um, PTSD from not killing Thanos when he did. And he feels guilt, heavy guilt uh, and responsibility for why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to and- say, shout out, shout out to them for like showing that even gods could have, you know, mental anxiety, they could have mental issues, mental illness. Because a lot, man. Yeah. And like yeah. and like and when you when you go back and like he they there's a scene where like he they talk about like uh how Thor like he he lost his his family, he lost his people, he lost his he lost Asgard. Yeah. And then with the snap he lost even more people. Like yeah. it's and it's like it was his <laughs> fault. Yeah, Infinity War was was not kind to to our boy Thor. Um, oh, and his eye, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he he is. Oh, and it's also really cool to see Valkyrie and Korg. And, yes, my man and, Korg. Yeah, I was extremely happy to see them back from Ragnarok. I, I thought he I was dead. Ragnarok. I was so upset. I know. Yeah, I was like, we need some on-screen confirmation that they did not die in that initial attack by Thanos. Um, I, we needed that, so I'm really glad we got it. Um, so from there, so so that whole first, because to me, I, I'm thinking about the movie in thirds at the moment, and that first third is just kind of like that somber kind of like, you know, take on all this. Oh, we didn't even talk about Tony's return to Earth. Um, so yeah, he comes back. Like Tony comes back. He has his first interaction with Cap in like three. Oh, eight years, right? No, three years, three years. Um, oh, that's before the time skip. Excuse me. So um, he comes back, the time skip happens, and he's living out a life. Like, he's with Pepper. He's, he's done got it a, the best. Yeah, yeah, he's done it the best. He's got a kid. Like, he's lived the life that he's talked about in Infinity War, in the beginning of Infinity War. Um, and that is kind of where he's at. So, yeah, like you said, James, he's actually in, like, the best place possible. Um, so overall, you guys really liked the, this first third, right? Yeah, I I would have appreciated seeing like a sequence of Hulk going through his like transformation or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it was does. such it was such a big thing in Infinity War, like for them to just like walk into, hey guys, I'm, I'm Professor Hulk. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where I feel like that initial shock, like we the same shock that. Scott Lang had that, you know, he was sitting there like, yo, like, what, what's happening right now? That's right. exactly how the audience felt. Like, he was speaking mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, so, yeah, we've got that first third pretty much covered. Really, we, we really enjoyed that. Now, the second third of this movie is insanely fun, and I think 
provides some of the most rewards for kind of sticking with this franchise um, through for the past 11 years. Um, and that's when they come up with the idea to do this time heist thing. And so, oh, it, yeah, I was going to say, are, is someone, James, are you rubbing your hands together? Is that like, yes, are you ready? I'm excited. <laughs> oh, oh, please, I, I, please take it away. Like, what, what did you get out of this third of the film? Uh, I mean, again, it's to me, the whole idea for one is Ant-Man again showing his worth. So shout out to Ant-Man doing his thing. Um, I love how we pretty much get this greatest hits of the MCU, as it were. Um, it takes a lot of the the iconic locations throughout Marvel's history, which is a great way to do this. Um, you get you get New York after the Battle of the uh, Chitari. Is that right? Yeah, Actually, yeah. What is it? yeah, okay. The Battle of the Chitari. Um, you get um, you get to go to Asgard on the day Thor's mom dies, and get to go deal with that. Yeah, you Again. get Thor the Dark World. Like that's insane to me that they did that. Like, like that film is like, I would say probably the least liked, maybe out of all of them. And it, I mean, and that's still fine with me. Like, I, I, I don't love that film either. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it was pretty interesting that they were like, no, no, I, we know that you didn't like this movie. We're gonna go there anyway. So, and they made it likable. <laughs> see, I think yeah. that, was, that was more or less for like the development of Thor of like reinforcing that he lost you know his mother that day and then he also like you know talked about um uh natalie portman's character and i bet a lot of folks didn't know that because like you said it wasn't well received as a movie right right yeah and it was something i appreciated i appreciate that they went back recognized the legacy and was like well we're gonna expand on this to make you want to watch it again and i kind of want to i kind of want to revisit that I mean, it made me it made me look back on those movie that, or that particular movie and go like, okay, like if I were to ever rewatch that movie one day, I've only seen it once, but if I were to ever rewatch it again, like I might see it in a different light now. Um, I might find a, a few of those beats to hit a little bit differently. I highly recommend doing that. Okay, especially with you too, Chris, with going back and watch Dark World because even um, little off track talking about um not civil war winter soldier i was having a conversation at work and someone was like dude that movie was terrible and i'm like just give it give it another watch go back and see give it some time and they came back and like yo i'm sorry i was wrong this movie's like top three mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i'm coming back saying that okay i'm not saying i'm not saying it's gonna be top three i guess i agree dark world was not very good but i think maybe a repeat viewing may help how you feel about it I was very surprised to see that not only did Natalie Portman appear, but she got like credit. She was on the red carpet actually for for Endgame, which is very surprising because she did not like her experience working on uh, those movies, especially especially that I would say the Dark World, especially because do you guys know about like the history of the directors with that movie? Nope. So Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman, was supposed to direct Thor: The Dark World. And she got let go for some reason. I, I'm not sure if that reason is public or not. But but she got let go. Natalie Portman was not happy about that. They hired Alan Taylor, um, who directed several big Game of Thrones episodes. Um, and she was publicly unhappy with that and was wanted out of her contract. Um, which is why it, the year after, in uh, 2015, with Age of Ultron... She was only referenced and not seen, really. Um, and then that kind of just, just kind of continued into the other movies. 
And she was just very much like, I did not love my experience working on that movie particularly. And I don't like how they did, you know, the female director and this, that, and the third. Um, she had legitimate reasons to me to say these things. Um, but, you know, it was very clear to me that she just didn't have a working relationship with Marvel or didn't want one anymore. So it was actually pretty cool to see perhaps some bridges getting mended there uh, with her actually getting credit and, and appearing on the red carpet for it. Um, maybe indicating that, you know, she there's no goodwill or there's no will lost goodwill lost um so that was pretty cool to see and very surprising i heard Um, that all like her in the movie there it was all stock footage that's yeah i did hear that um i did hear that with stock footage um but i mean even still like even showing up to the premiere i think is a gesture is a good gesture like Man, that's a free ticket to see Endgame. I would have, I would have. <laughs> you don't want to see it too, right? <laughs> I didn't like my movie, but these shows are fire. I'm yeah. gonna be there. <laughs> what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we've got her. We've got Rene Russo as Frigga, uh, Thor's mom. I thought that sequence was really good. Let's talk about the let's talk about the Battle of New York for a second. Like that was that whole sequence was super cool because you get to see like afterwards where they all they're all like all the Avengers are posing in front of Loki like that kind of iconic pose of all of the heroes like you know Hawkeye pointing his bow and like you know and it's like from the POV of a uh, point of view of Loki yeah. and immediately after that Tony's like okay enough posing and then they all go like do other yeah. things it's <laughs> so good so good it's like a back to the future thing but um but played just completely Marvel style I I really appreciated that is are there any specific oh. callbacks in the sequence you guys Wait. like Real quick, so speaking yeah. about Back to the Future, yeah. uh, I do want to call out that shout out to them using the Dragon Ball Z time rules. Right! <laughs> oh, uh, can you explain that for the people who may not know, like myself? <laughs> okay, so in Dragon Ball Z, you can't, like, when there's time travel, you can't, like, affect something in the past so that it'll affect the future. Like, those two timelines are, like, set in stone. So when you go back and do something, you're now creating a then branching uh, timeline. So you're making multiple timelines trying to fix stuff. Um, I like how they explained that to remedy that you can, you know, take something from the past, but then immediately come right back, put it right back in place so that nothing gets affected. So essentially not making that, you know, alternate timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool that they got Tilda Swinton back as the ancient one. Very cool. Um, by the way. And I love that kind of visual representation that she has of it. Um, that was really neat. Yeah, and and it's and it's cool to show that you know the the Marvel world was still like things were still in motion while other things were happening. So seeing how they're able to get the time stone from her, like seeing her how she was like defending uh, the you know her, her building while all that was happening during the battle. During yeah. the battle, like, it shows that, like, she was active at that time. And then with her saying, oh, you're looking for Doctor Strange, is actually five years in the future. He's down the street doing surgery. So, like, it shows that she was, like, you know, coherent on what everything was happening. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that, watcher, that, in a sense. Kind of. Ex- oh, that's a good point, actually, James. you want to explain what that is really quickly? Oh, well, in Marvel Comics, they have these entities called the Watchers, and they pretty much just do exactly that. They sit on the outskirts of all the Marvel events, and they watch them. Um, best representation of that in the MCU was Guardians 2, I believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Stan plays one of the um, the Watchmen, or the Watchers? Not Watchmen, yeah. that's DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 
That's right. Um, he has that. I think it's he has a cameo in the middle of the film and in the post credit scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We stranded on the rock, telling them the story. Yeah, yeah, really great cameo. That might be one of my favorite cameos actually by him. Um, and that explains how he's everywhere else in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, pretty brilliant stuff. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a retcon that I really love the the ancient one sequence. Um. You know, retcons don't have to be bad all the time, and I think that particular one was very satisfying, and it shows that the world is alive and breathing, um, kind of like what you guys said already. Like, it's it's a really cool representation of that. Um, and I, I love that they got every single actor in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra hybrid in that elevator. It's <sighs> all of oh, the that same. Callback. That was so Dude, good. It's all of the same dudes, right? So, mm-hmm. like, not not only is it a Winter Soldier callback, and you're just embracing, you're like, oh my god, Mike, are we about to get another elevator fight? Like, what? Um, but you're also getting kind of a Secret Empire uh, reference, which the is... The one that everybody hates. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. It, it was exactly. such a good idea. Um, it's For for those who don't know, there's there was a, a comic arc called Secret Empire, where Captain America is actually uh, an agent of HYDRA, um, and there's a really famous panel where it's revealed where he says, Hail Hydra, um, <laughs> and at the end of that issue. And it's really good. And I love that sequence. And I think like a few of us in the audience got it because we started, we just started cackling like mm-hmm. maniacally. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, and I feel like but, it's definitely like you had, you had to have known of it to like, all, like to actually get the the weight of that because like I I saw the movie twice the first uh, showing like people actually like flipped out a little bit when he did that and then yeah. my second viewing was a little bit more chill well, I think it was more like casual viewers and yeah. like a lot of like the meta things like no one really like made any noise for yeah and, and you know even in that particular sequence it still really works because even if you just followed the movies you know that those are Hydra guys like you, and he you knows yeah. that so exactly. It Exactly. It's such a brilliant way to like get out of that situation without fighting, and I I love that. I love that so much. Um, and I mean the cap versus cap sequence is also really good. Um, that that I, is America's ass. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah, it's. I think that will be memeable for the foreseeable future. I, Chris, I know you were happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that. I mean, do I need to say any more than America's ass? Um, I don't. I don't know if I do. Um, I do love the, I also do love the callback to, I can do this all day. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Very good sequence. Um, so yeah, I I love that, that stuff. Um, so I guess the only other thing is what the Vormir sequence, right? In the session. Um, or my missing, oh no, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Morag. Okay. You always go with Mobos. I don't know why, but Morag, that was Um, so yeah, we follow War Machine and Nebula as, which is a really cool pairing, actually. I kind of wish I saw a little bit more of that. Um, I, it didn't occur to me that that might have been a good pairing until it actually happened. Um, but yeah, them following Peter Quill and them seeing like the that that iconic opening for Guardians One, which is still one of my favorite opening sequences in maybe any movie. It's just so lovely and 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 vibrant and and, and beautiful, like. Just seeing it from the perspective of other people watching is just a, such a fun twist. <laughs> and he's just Peter Quote is being such a just a weirdo. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, like. So, so what you're saying? He's he's an idiot. 
yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially. Um, so loved, loved all that. Um, I almost kind of half expected a uh, Korath appearance for a minute, um, but we didn't get that. Um, and then, yeah, so Warmere. That's one of the major sequences in this film where one of the major deaths happen um, between Hawkeye and Black Widow. Did either of you guys see this sequence coming? I didn't see it coming with those two. Okay. Yeah, like once 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 it got set up, I was like, oh dang! Now obviously one of these two are gonna die. So I I honestly wasn't expecting Black Widow because of her movie that's being made. So like I thought she would have had like some sort of like plot armor or something like that. Mm. Ah, so, the Russo said, "Ha ha, not so." Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, but I'll, like, I'll say this: that that sequence was like it was it was drawn out super dramatically. Like I thought that uh, Hawkeye was gonna have it, but then for you know uh, for Scarlett Johansson to come in and like pretty much take you take the L for the team, like they drew it out even longer and sort of like gave that scene more weight because it was already like you know they're they were both feeling it at that point. And I feel like the audience was too. Yeah. Yeah. My audience kind of started laughing after they like knocked each other down for like the fifth time. Um, yeah. I think they started kind of taking it comically, um, which, which I'm not even sure if that was, I, I, I assume the Russo's wanted to play that moment pretty straight. Um, but it did read to me. I, I need to see the film again at some point, but it did strike me as totally odd for a, a split second, but I do think ultimately it worked, even if I would say 90% of it seemed to be a complete retread from the Gamora Thanos sequence from Infinity War. Right. Um, even down to the score, like the, the exact piece of music is the exact same with the exact shots of like the, the corpse. Like, I don't know. It was like, it was exactly the same. Yeah, that exact same corpse pan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I thought that was... I, I'm not sure how I felt about it. I think the emotional weight of the sacrifice hit me the right way. Um, just the, the execution uh, was just struck me in a, in a weird way. I'm not sure if it 100% worked for me, but... What, what's that, James? I was going to say that the Hawkeye okay. part was off target. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've missed you, James. So <sighs> I had to get one in. I got to get at least one. So so here's the thing, like, going into the movie, I was expecting that choice to be between Iron Man and Captain America. You thought that was going to be the way out? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would have been cool to have Cap go there, at least to see Red Skull again. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, thought, I mean, I, I see how they did what they did. I can't, you can't be mad at America's ass. Like, that was, <laughs> it was gold. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it, it was just like, I guess the thing to me that kind of had me questioning at first was like I did not know that somebody has to die in order to get the stone, because mm-hmm. because we just saw it, but I guess nobody was there for it besides Thanos, Gamora, and Nebula didn't tell them. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I guess she didn't because in that sequence before the whole the before the heist is executed, she says yeah they I think Hawkeye implies that that was the case, but I don't think Nebula actually says yeah Thanos killed Gamora like for sure. She's but actually. But it was never it was never told why he did it, right? And how and how he got uh, the stone. It's like, so like we need a dead so, person yeah. for this, right? So so the equation was there. It's just that you know we're just missing something. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Well then, okay. After that, we got the time stone. We got the space stone. We got the reality stone. Who have we have we missed anything? I don't think so. I well, think I mean, every- we we missed when they had to retread and go back even further in the past to because uh, they the, screwed up the tesseract. Yeah, they messed oh, the tesseract. Yeah, Loki disappears. That t- 2012 Loki is in the wind right yeah. now. So that is actually an exciting development. <laughs> ah, you mean the Disney Plus show? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that show, I think, has the, I think, some of the coolest implications for what they can do. I, I, I think some, that will be really neat. I heard somebody mention it could be like a Doctor Who, but for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. That's, ooh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that could be it. Huh. That could be it. It's kind of cool to see how they handle that. Cause Tom Hiddleston, mm, just... So good, so good, man. Yeah, but but that but that scene with uh, Tony Stark talking to his father, I feel like that was a good way of tying up that plot point of like how he felt about his parents mm-hmm. or his father and just in general, and like with yeah. him at that point being a father himself. Yeah, that scene absolutely worked for me on all cylinders. Like that 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 one, I think is probably top 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 three scenes in the movie for me. Like for sure. Like it was. It was a very emotional moment um, and something that, you know, also kind of worked in with dual purpose because it gives Tony closure and it kind of sets up Cap for his ending as well. Yeah, right. Which, which is nice. Because when he went back and stared through that window, like, he's not coming back. <laughs> that, you know, and, that, and, that takes, and that takes a lot to, like, not walk into that room and, you know, yeah. say anything or do anything. So yeah. that's, you know, that's good on Cap for, like, you know, staying focused on the mission. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of folks could learn from that Star Lord. So, so yeah. So at this point, we have all the stones. We have mm-hmm. all the stones. Yep. And now they how they acquire... are we going to use them? Yeah. So at this point, the uh, Nebula has been captured by Thanos. Um, the present day Nebula. And she's still stuck in 2014 with the 2014 Thanos and Nebula and Gamora. Um, and then, so she starts convulsing because, uh, her, I guess, because she exists in the same timeline as the Gamora now, like her, what is it, her like memory chip or something starts malfunctioning or something. Um, and they find out the location of her and Thanos captures her and then she's interrogated. Um, and Thanos finds out, the 2014 Thanos finds out all these plans. Now, this was not something I was expecting necessarily. Um, what, what did you guys think about this whole sequence? That it's not like the actual Thanos we've been following, but like a past version of Thanos? Did you f- find that that still worked for you guys? James? Me knowing the nature of Thanos, it did work for me. Okay. Because I've, I've, like, I've tried to follow some comics, and they've tried the the make Thanos a good guy route or try and take him at least off the path of genocide. And it just doesn't work. But no matter what Thanos you deal with, he wants bloodshed. It's just kind of how it goes. So it still is a little weird to me that somehow past Gamora gets the future files of our, I'm not Gamora Nebula gets the future files of our Nebula. I don't mm-hmm. still quite get how that worked, but whatever mm-hmm. for plot, I'm, I'm cool with it. Right. And they needed something because they killed Thanos in the first ten minutes. Like, what else do we do? Right. So they yeah. needed something to to urge them along because otherwise it was been just a, not really a heist. 
there was no real stakes. Well, I mean, there were stakes, but there was no, like, tension in getting it done. Right. But now you should know that he's coming for them again. Again. <laughs> Chris, were more you, on things. Were you trying to say something, Chris? No, um, pretty much I echo the same thing that James said. Like, it's, I feel like at this point, the plot needed that extra push. So when, when seeing that, of course, like, being part of the audience, I'm like, shit, like, crap. Like, we finally had something going, and now this happens. But then mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, like, they need it. I mean, there's still, like, an hour left in this movie, so we still need something. Yeah. So now we... We go back to present day, and you know Hulk decides that he needs to snap um, to bring back everyone. Um, he does this, and we see there's this really cool sequence of Scott Lang kind of looking out of the window and seeing birds. Yeah, uh, the birds flying. Yeah, it was a really beautiful moment to me that sort of kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how this movie kind of observes the quiet moments um, and observes just, it le- it just breathes. It, it lets the characters in the moments breathe. Um, and I loved, I just loved that moment um, that you remember that, oh yeah, it's not just like, you know, people that we lost, but literally all life. Um, that's something that I tend to forget every time I think about it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And then we get 2014 Thanos, coming back through the transporter in Avengers HQ and proceeding immediately to on immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Um, and proceeding to wreck everyone's day. Um, and then we kind of transition to the final third of this sequence, which is, um, just a kind of boss of the wall action, um, sequence. And we get like the, the, the founding three, for Iron Man and Cap in just a knockdown, drag out fight against Thanos. Um, I was pretty hyped up at this particular point in time because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't seen the special look trailer, which actually had that shot of them walking up to him. So seeing that in the theater for the first time, I was like, oh shit, um, we're about to see some things happen. Um, and it was extremely exciting. So That's when the burn pays off, man. Oh man. Oh man. So we finally got um so there are a number of things that happen in this sequence. I do you guys want to start with <laughs> Where do you guys want to start? Let's let's just try and take it frame by frame. <laughs> Cuz there is so much to break down in this fight sequence. Oh yes. my god. Okay. So so let's just start with let's start with the intro. Who steps up first? We've got uh doesn't Tony? Doesn't Tony step up? For, doesn't he? He shoot a beam or something at him first. I think Tony tries to get the first blow. Because mm-hmm, um, of course Thanos is doing his monologue. Right. All right. roads lead back to me. Right. Yes. Yes. Which I which I did love. I did enjoy. I was like at this point Thanos has not had a great bit of like monologuing. Like Infinity War, I think they gave him such good dialogue. That was his movie. Um, it was his movie exactly. Exactly. One hundred percent correct. And at that point, I was like. Man, I need some more Thanos in my life. Um, and that sequence gave gave it to me pretty much. His arrogance is just so. But it's the thing, like it, it's no, it's not even arrogance. It's like this this borderline arrogant confidence that he has. I think you're right, dude. I think it is arrogance, and it's because he's seen his future, and he he fulfills like the thing he's seen from the present day Nebula that like he accomplishes his, his goal. goal. 
yeah, ultimately, yeah. So he's like, oh, I know how this is going to go. Like, you can't stop me. I am inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, you know, like, and, and I love that. Like, And it's that, funny because he calls them out on it. Exactly. For being arrogant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The irony is, is palpable. Oh, um, so uh, Chris, how were you feeling going into that sequence? Uh, listen, so, like, I got that, um, what was it, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance feeling of them doing, like, the combo attacks. Like, that just had me hype the, the whole beam time. The beam up the shield. Yeah. Oh. Yes. That, the, um, uh, Thor hitting Iron Man with, uh, with the lightning. Oh. To boost the power. Yeah. Oh. So, like, I, I feel like that, that was a really good sequence, but then it yeah. also showed that Thanos still had the upper hand and he still took them all out. He didn't yeah. need the gauntlet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something um, that was a awesome callback to to the very first Avengers where Thor accidentally just zaps Iron Man and gives him like 3000% or something to his armor. That was a really I'm not sure if that was intentional, but that's how I read it. Um, and but this time they're doing it intentionally in Endgame. And I thought that was cool. Shows off um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys are right. Like there, he, Thanos does not need the gauntlet to kick ass. Um, and that was really cool. It's, it's definitely a harrowing moment when he destroys Cap shield because nothing, virtually nothing can destroy that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it mirrors the sequence in age of Ultron where Tony has that vision of all the Avengers, um, dead. Um, and the, the cap shield is cracked in the exact same way that it is in Endgame. Um, so Age of Ultron, continuing to pay dividends if you rewatch that movie. Um, so at this point, all hope seems lost. Cap in a very, in a very Cap move. Cap is my favorite, uh, hero probably in this, not probably, definitively. He is actually my favorite hero in, I would say, maybe in the comics as well, but definitely in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, but he just has such a Cap moment where he, like, gets up, you know, he's like coughing up blood but he's like still getting up for one more fight you know he's never gonna give up like i love that um i was wearing my cap shirt at the time so i was definitely like hype and all of a sudden the music drops and all hope seems lost and oh then no, the... we gotta set the stage okay so, oh please well, I... set the stage all right so what's have, was, was this before or after the hammer throw yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out Ooh. that whole time. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, so the hammer thing happens before. This happens before. before. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm assuming at this point it's Thor going up against Thanos, and it's just not working out for him. Um, He's starting to get punched. I think he has Stormbreaker at this point, and all of a sudden you hear this thunk, and it's Mjolnir. Because, of course, Thor brought both hammers to this battle. He's not playing any games. He snatched Mjolnir out of... um. Dark World brought it back with him to the present. And so you sitting there like, wait, who threw the hammer? And it's Cap. Yeah. Outstretched, holding his shield, and pulls the hammer back to him. And he just starts whirling this thing. So good. Like, so, he and that, was exactly yeah. how this works. And I love how Thor was like, I knew it! So I knew <laughs> it. <laughs> Again, call back to Age of Ultron, when uh, Cap kind of moves the hammer a little bit. By the it way... It would have been so much better if Vision never lifted that hammer. Quick... Yeah, yeah. Vision never touched. Quick, quick aside, quick aside. Somebody, uh, so I was reading today. There are a few people who have this opinion, actually. And this is the first time it did not occur to me at all. But did, did you guys think that Cap was faking during Age of Ultron? 
try, like not lifting the hammer, do you think that he could actually move it the whole time, but he was faking like he couldn't? Huh. I, I, I personally, I don't I think didn't. so. That, that was not my reading of that scene. But I'm curious, like, if you guys thought that. No, I, I feel like Cap at this point, he's gotten through so much character development where at this point, like he's, he's fighting for, you know, fighting for humanity. Like he's, he's at like his purest form right here. So I feel like at that point, that's when he really is worthy. Yeah. Uh, kicking back with the boys. Yeah. So that was, okay. So James, that's exactly my response. That was my response to that. Is that like, Hey, he's at this party. He's having a good time. Like, you know, everyone, I mean, if he just straight up didn't want to do it, he would have just declined. Black Widow declined to try. Um, you know, some, I think one of the rebuttals was that, like, hey, he's, if Cap was the kind of guy to show off in front of, like, you know, his friends, then he wouldn't be worthy. Um, but, I mean, he does budget, whereas no one else could. It never really occurred to me that it was, like, he was not or he was worthy up to that point i think he was maybe 90 percent of the way there but he was also another good point somebody else brought up that i didn't think about was that he also he had hidden the um well i guess that hadn't happened at that point i was gonna say the whole thing about bucky the whole catalyst for civil war was that he hid tony's uh the murder of his parents um from tony but i guess that hadn't happened yet so he didn't find that out until later yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, sorry about the aside. I just had to make sure I asked that question to you guys. I was just curious. But, yeah, that that entire sequence was something I was waiting for for years. Ever since I saw the Age of Ultron party scene, um, there is a number of times, there's a few times where Cap has wielded uh, the, the hammer. And and there's a few fa- really famous panels where he does mm-hmm. that. And I was very, very hyped to actually see it play out on screen. Everybody in my theater just erupted at that point. Yeah, it was, it was a great payoff. It was one of the things you forgot about. Yeah. So then when it just happened, you're like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. He did have yeah. an option. Like, he could have done it at one point in time, and now he's ready. Exactly. Like, he can he can wield the powers of Thor. Like, he can call lightning. It was pretty sweet. No, Yeah, yeah no question. He just went straight into it. No yeah. tutorial needed. I'm here. Let's fight. Yeah. He starts chucking the shield, bouncing the lightning up the shield, then the hammer up the shield, and the ham. Like, it was just. The combos he was throwing on Thanos were amazing. It, and I was like, maybe the store strength is working. Yeah. It like, is. Maybe, maybe he's there. Yeah. But Very at good. this point, Thanos realizes that, hey, I'm on my back. I'm on my heels right now. We can't have this happen. Call in the goons. And so he just summons the entirety of the Chitari army. He, enti- he summons the, um, whatever those beast things were from the Wakanda battle. He brings back the Black Order. Like, everyone is here, but not on our side. Right. And so th- there's this epic picture. I need to find it as a wallpaper. I honestly loved it so much. The scene of Cap just staring He's at standing his at army. everything. Yeah. Shooting one hand, hammer and the other, and he is ready to go. Yeah. Sorry, earlier today. It's pretty nice. He's like, there's no way I'm winning this. Like, you can, you can look at it. There's no way Cap's winning this, but he's going to go for it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, and then he gets that, that faded inter, uh, uh, intercom call. It's like, yo, Cap, on We're your here. left. On your left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. You see the circle start to open, and you're just like, wait. Right, everyone's back. 
So, so my whole mind is like going. I'm like, okay, Doctor Strange is back. He knows where they need to be. He knows what's going on. He's grounding the troops. It's time. He opens up a portal to Wakanda and E-Bombay! <laughs> E-Bombay! Here they come! Oh, man. You see yeah. Black Panther walking out. You got um, Shuri to his left. I always forget Denai's real name. Okoye. Okoye. Okoye to his right. And you see Falcon take off across the top, and he they're bringing everybody with them. Yeah, Spider-Man's yeah. whipping through. Umbaku shows up. <sighs> it, it, it was the most... It, this this was one of two sequences in this movie. For, I, I didn't... So I thought going into this movie that I was going to be just a, a mess, like a, an emotional wreck, uh, like maybe throughout. But I actually didn't cry during this movie once like I thought I would. But there were two moments that I got close that was one of them. Oh, sure. yeah, definitely. Uh, that was one of them. It was such a... And, and it was something that we... And, and this is the brilliance of of what they did, right? Like, with, 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 with what the Russos were able to do uh, in Marvel Studios as a whole. Um, to me, it didn't represent just, like... It, it wasn't just in an in-the-moment plot point where it was like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, they're gonna show up and save the day now. I, I knew that that was go- going to happen. Like, I knew those characters that died were not gonna stay dead. Maybe, like, some, like, Gamora and Loki and think people who, like, died, died. But I, I knew the people who got dusted were coming back. Mm-hmm. However, that did not deteriorate any of the hype or joy or excitement that... I got from seeing that sequence, and I think that might be one of the, the one of the single biggest achievements ever. Playing oh. right, what's that? Go ahead, go ahead. Playing right into my expectations, like and still managing to elicit those emotions from me is is so impressive that I, I it's hard for me to even articulate into words. Like what that sequence represents to me is Marvel flexing their muscles and just going like look what we've done for 11 years look what we've created we got them him her all of them like we got everybody this these are all people you have followed for 11 years you've invested time energy money into like you you have followed these characters journeys for several movies now now you get to sit back and watch them like do their thing like this was so so it's so it's funny, um, as of us like recording this, uh, episode, Chris Pratt actually, uh, recorded like a behind the scenes video of them actually like rehearsing that scene of like people standing in certain spots. So like just seeing like pretty much everyone, like all, like all these people from different franchises just being all in one spot, like it's, it's literally like a legendary moment and yeah. like, you know, kudos to him for sneaking in that video. Because like this, like moments like that, you, you you really don't get. Like that's one of those once in a lifetime moments. Right. Yeah. yeah. Had to be in, to be a fly in the wall in that room. Yeah. 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 That's that's wild. And it, I'm just I'm I can't I can't even say it. Like I'm so excited. I'm still excited. Like thinking about it. They took <laughs> a Calvary scene in a very dire situation. They made it the most fun part of the film. To me. Yeah. 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 And, and you know. When you guys were like, you know, uh, talking about how like, you know, Thanos brings all the army, I started. I swear to God, I started to roll my eyes. I start because I don't like these. Like, okay, so anytime we get these like huge 3D like CGI 
faceless monster battles, my eyes start glazing over and I go, oh my god, like, why? What's happening? Why are we doing this? Like, Infinity War, the Wakanda battle kind of felt like that to me. Like, I, I appreciated what they were doing with, like, how many different characters we were getting on the screen, mm-hmm. but but I still, I mean, it even happened with Aquaman to me. Like, you know, it, I just, my eyes just started to say, like, it's just it's just CG vomit to me at some point because none of it means anything because they're all like faceless creatures who like, what are their stakes really? But this to me, and I started that with this, as soon as he, he brought out all those dudes, I was like, Oh no, like tell me we're not going there. We're not doing this. But as soon as all those characters came out from all those franchises and I knew they were all standing in the same room, like, you know, about to do this, I was like, none of that even mattered anymore. And it was like, it was the one sequence of one kind of these sequences that worked for me. And that's mm. like the, the highest praise I could, I could give um, th- this film. And I think yeah. the smart thing about that scene that they did so well is that it was character focused yes. in a huge setting. Exactly. So you, you didn't have a chance to really get lost. Like you followed the action that was important really closely. Yeah, so yeah. I was going to say, so at this point, because we also forgot to mention that, you know, the gauntlet is still, like, out on the field. They have to recover it. Um, yeah, they fumbled the Infinity Gauntlet. Good job, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, so, you know, Hawkeye, he recovers it, but then he gets uh, taken down by Nebula from 2014. And uh, that's when you have Gamora and present-day Nebula uh, coming in for the rescue and taking out the 2014 Nebula, which, like, I don't know, I feel like that's the whole, like, time travel part that's just, like, sort of, like, weird and annoying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, if I, I feel like it it worked as in, like, it, you showed the, it showed the growth of Nebula, you know, actually caring for her sister and, a, and being able to convince a older Gamora or a younger Gamora that they actually have a relationship. And, like, I feel like that was the relationship that Gamora wanted from her sister the whole time. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I was gonna say, so at this point, that's when, you know, they have to get the gauntlet, you know, pretty much out of there at this point. Right. And they snag the gauntlet. They got to get it away because Thanos is coming back for it and we can't have another snap. Yep. So, yeah, so at this point, they're playing hot potato with, uh, with the gauntlet. Best game the, hot potato ever. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I got really hyped for a second um, when Black Panther took it because mm-hmm. there there's actually a, there's a, there's a comic art called Secret Wars where Black Panther actually wields the gauntlet and uses its power. Um, and I actually thought they were going there for a second. I was like, ooh, oh yeah, all right, I'm into this. Um, they didn't go there yet, but maybe in the future, maybe. Oh well, the stones are gone, so never mind. Mm. But um, in this timeline, in this timeline, right? Uh, and also, we skimmed over probably the best line in the entire film, where Cap says his famous words that he finally gets to say after I don't know how many years, a lot. You know, he finally says, Avengers assemble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Battle cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that was an ex- insanely hype moment. I wanted to get up and cheer. Um no one else was at, I mean, people were like clapping kind of, but like kind of halfway clapping because I think they were just so enraptured. So I didn't want to like stand up and, and do that. But 
in my heart. I did in my heart. Well, my theater was hype, man. <laughs> the dude next to me was just like passing out all over the place. He was so excited. <laughs> nice. I was like, I need this energy. I, I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. So they're playing Hot Potato with the Scotland, right? Yeah, um, Hawkeye, the Black Panther, and then from Black Panther, Spider-Man picks it up. Yeah. Right. But then yeah, but then we um we have uh Thanos getting that work from Scarlet Witch. Oh, like yeah. I feel like so I feel like at this point, like they were really flexing her muscles because if it if it wasn't for Thanos like yelling for help, I feel like she she, she backed him she backed him into a corner, he turns around, he's like, Help Brain <laughs> <laughs> <Rain> Fire <laughs> He's getting his ass whooped at this yeah, point. And yes, Scarlet Witch is definitely giving him work. And then he's like, the, uh, I don't know what character says it, but they're like, but what about our troops? And then Thanos is like, help! I don't care! Screw the troops! <laughs> I need the win! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. so, like, they, you know, they rain fire, like, it's taking out, like, a bu- once again, it's taking out, like you said, like, a bunch of, like, the nameless, you know, monsters, the faceless monsters. But then, all of a sudden, like, they, it stops firing, and just starts shooting at the sky, Yes. And that's when they're like, oh, something's entering there, the Earth's atmosphere. And at this point, like, I was like, oh, like, I don't know why I thought this. So I was like, oh, wait, shit, is this the Nova Corps? But I was like, oh. no, nah, I was like, no, nah, that would make no sense right now. That would have been cool, though. Yeah. But no, Captain Marvel comes in, starts doing work. It's like, she just single-handedly takes out. Superman? Yeah, just single-handedly takes out the ship. And that just also just shows like the amount of power that she has too. Like they, yeah. like they show how powerful she is, but I feel like we we like we still like she's she's. I'm not gonna be not saying like she's not being used correctly, but like she's she's really strong. Right. And I feel like they sort of downplay how strong she is. They kind of have to, for the sake of the MCU right now, just power scaling. Yeah. And I'm sure like when she starts going off into space and having to unleash a bit more. You can really see where she's going with this. Yeah. But she yeah. flies in with the with the fresh dude, ready to go, flies to the ship. I thought she was going to do the Fantastic Four symbol, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Like, I saw the beam, and I was like, they're not. <laughs> okay, they left it alone. Yeah. So then she flies down to Spider-Man. Pete's like, hey, Peter, what's your name? My name, we're not doing this now. Give me the gauntlet. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but then they they do the whole you know the the women like the oh, women adventures it was, scene. It was, it was a cool dude, scene, dude. They 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 tease a force a little bit. Um, are you guys familiar with that? I'm not. Okay, so there was a comic series that came out when the Secret Wars run was a was out. I want to say maybe a few years ago, 2014 or 15 or something like that. I want to say maybe 15. And there was a in Secret Wars. If you don't know, it's essentially a comic storyline where um, the Ultimates Marvel Universe and the original Marvel's universe, uh, like literally collide. Like their universes literally, uh, like run into each other, and and most everyone dies, with the exception of like a few people, um, like Black Panther, Reed Richards, and like some other Doctor Doom. Like there are some who survive, but most of them die. Um, and essentially there's there are spin-offs. So there's like all sorts of multiverse stories that spin off. So you got like Marvel Zombies, you got a lot of like what if universes, and one of them is called A Force, which is the all female uh Avengers team. And it's a world where males exist. It's not like Themyscira or something like that, where like they're just no men, but like um women 
form the team. And uh, She-Hulk's the leader, and they've got uh, Medusa and uh, Nico from the Runaways. Like, that's a bunch of, like, some of them are, like, more obscure than others, but, like, the the whole point is that, and Captain Marvel, I want to say, is in that team as well. But that, to me, is what they were sort of teasing. Obviously, like, most of those characters weren't in this movie, but um, some the, a lot of the women actors for Marvel actually talked to Feige about this. You guys may have heard about this a couple years ago. But they approached Feige and was like, yo, when are we getting a all-female Avengers movie? And he was like, oh, we got something for you. Don't worry. So I think that this was kind of like a pre, like a, a teaser for that stuff that's coming. So I was really happy with that. I saw some people complain and was like, oh, I felt pandering. You know, it felt like this or that. But it worked for me. I Yeah, because I, I remember that whole that whole scene like really stood out to me. Cause like it's like yeah, how are you gonna get that across? And my thought was, did you not see what she did to the ship? Yeah, that's why. That's all. Like she's fine. <laughs> but then you get, don't worry, she's gonna have help. Yeah. And I didn't even realize how many like female heroes there were in the MCU, but then you see them all together, yeah. like, oh yeah, Captain we, Marvel, Valkyrie, uh, Pepper, Pepper Potts. Yeah. yeah. Came through yeah. in the in the first blue armor. I need yeah. that one. That was nice. I totally forgot she had her own set of armor. I did too. Yeah. Um, I, I, Mantis, who wrote, like every every like female hero just kind of shows up at that moment and just takes it to Thanos and the rest yeah. of his army, and it was just, it was a really cool scene. Yeah, definitely. I was glad to see it. It was dope. Can we also talk about uh, Captain Marvel just straight up taking a headbutt from Thanos and not flinching? <laughs> Like, talk about badass. Like, I I could probably watch, like, two hours of just that. That was very good to me. <laughs> I, I, I really I, enjoyed that. I mean, at that at that point, I honestly felt like she was about to rip his arm off. <laughs> because, no, because, like, after getting the headbutt, she looks at him and is like, oh, is that a word? Really? And <laughs> then, like, knocks, yeah, and then knocks him down and, like, gets him in a stance while he, she's pretty much in control. And he, you know, he has to take, uh, take one of the stones out and uses it to just knock her in the face. Yeah, yeah, um, which is a pretty slick move by him. I mean, he had to he had to play dirty because you can't you're not gonna fight Captain Marvel straight up. This is not That's happening. A, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, really enjoyed that sequence. She wasn't in it for a lot of this movie, but when she was, I greatly enjoyed it. I think it was a good idea to use it that way because now I want to go Me see too. Captain Marvel. Me too. Me too. Oh, you have oh you haven't seen it yet. Mm-mm. I contemplated oh, going before the showing, but I was just like I don't have time. Oh man, I apologize. I we spoiled the, the post credit scene for you like in the first five minutes of this review. No, I watched that. Oh, okay. okay. I watched okay. that so I'd understand going into it, but I want to kind of see what's going on with just like her her character. Yeah. Because I love her. I love her no nonsense. Like she's just about that action. Oh, you know, dude. But no, yeah. what's no, what's funny though is that she filmed all of that before she filmed Cap- Captain Marvel. That's pretty cool. So. Yeah, it- Oh, go ahead, Chris. So I was gonna say, yeah. So the Captain Marvel, I feel like, is a different, it's a different take on the character. Like that, the Captain Marvel from Endgame was one of those like no nonsense characters, but she's like as as much you know grief that people give Brie Larson, like she has more, she has more character in her own movie, which I think is unfair. Like I, I don't think that I'm not saying you're saying that because I've read that other places. Like a lot of people saying like, oh, she's like not funny she needs to smile more and i'm just like dude like you don't say that like <laughs> like what do you know how many male action heroes that we have that do that same shit but we don't give them anything for it like i mean i love keanu reeves keanu reeves is not like cheesing up a storm like but i love 
Keanu Reeves, and I want him to continue doing these movies. Like, you know, I, I the Rock. Well, I guess the Rock smiles a lot. He smiles but, a lot. Yeah, yeah, he smiles a lot. You're <laughs> That's right. The You're smile. right. You're the, the... <laughs> That's the man. If, are we, if we're naming these episodes, that needs to be the name. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I think that oh well, really cool trivia bit um, for that. But the directors for Captain Marvel, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, they were actually on set giving direction for Brie Larson's scenes. Um, so she did, they did have input on her characterization. Um, I didn't feel like she felt too different. She quips a little bit more in her own movie, but not like to the level of like Thor or Tony Stark or anything like that. Like it's, mm-hmm. she's, she's not those characters, which is good. I don't want her to be, um, but I'm very curious. Like, we should definitely talk when you see Captain Marvel, because I, I like that movie. I'm going to catch it this week before it goes out of theaters, if it's not already gone. Yeah. I think it, it might still be around. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, where are we at now? Um, oh, Captain- so, yeah, we're at the part where, um, you know, Tony looks up at Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange holds up, holds his hand up, and he, he points that one. Mm-hmm. And everyone yeah. starts feeling, you know, the sniffles come through. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So at this point, did you kind of know where it was going at, at at that particular moment in time? Yeah, I felt where it was going. Okay. Did you? I didn't. I, I didn't either. I actually did not know that it was going there. Um, like, I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I, I, think, I figured somebody had to go, but I didn't know who, and I wasn't sure how. Well, because I feel like at that point, they've already established that using the, the gauntlet takes a lot out of you. Because remember the Hulk, which we actually, like, skipped over. Like, he when he snaps his finger, like, his whole, like, left side's gone. Or right mm-hmm. side. His, whatever. Like, his his arm is gone. I think it's his right side. His arm is gone. He can't use it. And then, um, like, it... it was no joke. Yeah, and then even in the beginning of the movie, like, Thanos uses it twice. And, like, at the beginning of the movie, he's he's limping around. So they've established that, like, you only, like, if you use it, you're going to die unless you're, like, some sort of, like, you know, a mega level character. Um, And then uh, when Tony sees Doctor Strange uh, during the final battle, he's like, yo, so, like, we're doing all this. Is this the, you know, one in 14 millionth chance? And he's like, well, if I tell you what happens, it's probably not going to happen. So. Yeah. I feel like that's that's another good callback of saying if I told you that you're gonna sacrifice yourself, you're probably not gonna sacrifice yourself. Right. As, as I actually have to come from you. Right, exactly. Exactly. Which is the turn that he's making from earlier in the movie when he's like, Hey, whatever we do, you, like I it can't jeopardize what I have now. Exactly. Um, you know, and but Captain America does say before they do the time heist, whatever it takes, right? Yep, whatever it takes. So so yeah, the, uh, Tony sees that. He uses the opportunity to seize the gauntlet. From like, Thanos. Yeah, well, from Thanos. Takes, takes how did he manage this? Yeah, stone. I don't know how he did that, but okay. Yeah. Well, you also have to remember that like the, the new gauntlet was made from Stark Tech. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, so I'm pretty sure like he's he has some sort of like fail safe where if he needed to take the stone somehow he can. Infinity magnets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Whatever. So yeah, he he snatches the gauntlet. I mean, he snatches the stones out of the Infinity Gauntlet as Thanos goes to do the snap for the second time or third time, I guess if you're keeping count. Yeah. And he goes for the snap. Yeah. Just get the snap. <laughs> and with a with an awesome line that calls back to the very first Iron Man. 
when he says I am Iron Man at the end, which mm-hmm. is takes on a completely different meaning now because in the first Iron Man, um, he's saying it out of because he's a, a dick pretty much. Like, um, but he asked me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's embracing their persona and everything that comes with it, um, the notoriety. And here he's doing it because um, he's embracing he's, everything that comes with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love I love how you said it uh, after Thanos is like, no, I am inevitable. Yeah. And he's like, no, I am Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> yep. And then he snaps, and everyone starts to disintegrate on Thanos' side. Thanos went out like a G, man. This man went over to the bench, grabbed a seat. He's like, you know what, guys? Good game. Look like LeBron out here. See y'all next year in the playoffs. And just fades away. Oh, that's very good. It was such a good... It was a really good scene. Like, it still made him seem strong, even though he lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he realizes what's happened. He's like, Mm -hmm. damn. Like, fine. So, let me me ask you this. So, (laughs) in my first viewing of seeing the movie, like, at this point... Like, everyone, like, has the case of the sniffles. Like, everyone is, like, sniffling up a storm, and, you know, you have Spider-Man coming through, and just trying to embrace Tony. He's like, yo, like, we won, Mr. Stark. Everything's gonna be okay. But it's not. He's dead. okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was hard. Um, that was the second moment. One of the, the second out of two moments that was, that was very emotional for me. Um, because again, it's 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 more than just you know Iron Man sacrificing himself. It's more of a representation for the MCU. This this is Marvel Studios closing a book. Um, the final this is the final chapter for their 22 chapter long saga, um, and this is the end. Every single journey has an end. Kevin Feige's been saying that for for a few years now, um, and, and and saying this is a definitively. This is definitively, definitively an end for this saga um, and for this, this chapter with these characters. Um, and I was very emotional, not just for Tony Stark, but because, you know, this is my last ride, like, with, with these characters. Um, yeah, at least brand new ride. You know, obviously they'll be here to revisit again and again, but, mm-hmm. um, but we won't see... I, I don't think that we're going to see Robert Downey Jr. Um, again for a long while or Chris Evans. Um, which we could talk about in a bit, but yeah, I've already got ideas. Yeah. So yeah, it was very, very emotional for me, Chris, as you were asking. All right. So at this point, they, I think they go straight. No, I think at this point they're, um, they're doing like the payouts for all the characters. I think they, do they do the funeral at this point? Uh, I think the funeral comes a little bit after like kind of Pepper and Peter kind of say their goodbyes. Um, yeah. And that then we cut to the funeral, I believe, and we see all of again most of the, the all the major franchises kind of uh, all their characters kind of converge there. Right, out showing respect. Yeah, for, exactly. For like the, the the keystone. Yeah. Of this thing, man. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for for people that you know, I know if you've seen this movie. You either talked about someone and like they've explained it, but like there's that kid that's standing there by himself and everyone's like, I like audibly, someone's like, who the fuck is this guy? Who is, he? <laughs> right. who is this kid? So apparently that's the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah. I immediately knew who it was. I'm shocked that so many people didn't actually. It, I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know either. I was well, so confused. 
I, I think I'm the weird one because like almost nobody I've talked to seems to have known. But as soon as I saw him, he didn't look like him very much. But right. when I scan, but when I scanned my brain, I was like, the only way this makes sense of, is if it's that kid. It's the only way. Um, and then I had to look it up afterwards to see if I was right because I wasn't confident. Um, but yeah, turns out it was him, and that was a nice little callback to Iron Man Three. I like that. Um, it was really nice. nice little touches like that. Yeah, exactly. There was a really nice article on Slash Film about that, saying that it was like a kind of a cool way to bring the human stakes like back down because obviously you have all these super powered people here at these or superheroes at this at this funeral for for this great guy, and this is like the one person who's not like a hero. He's just a regular human, but he represents kind of like. Uh, the the good that Tony did for humans, and I thought that was actually a really eloquent way to put that. Um, yeah, a bit more tangible. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so we get the funeral. We get the really great scene with uh, Happy and and Morgan, Tony's daughter. Um, she wants really, a hamburger. Yeah, a pretty touching scene, kind of saying our final goodbyes. And then we go to the very final sequence of this movie, which involves Cap. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, we also have Thor handing off uh, Asgard. Asgard to the Oh, right. Asgardians of the Galaxy, right? Yes, that is a pretty, pretty big point. I hope we see Valkyrie again, now that she's doing new Asgard stuff. Um, I'm sure they will. Yeah. She would have seen really well in that movie. I don't see them passing up on it. Right. Right. And I wonder if this, does this mean that we're going to have Thor in Guardians 3 now? Like, we have to at this point. I was hearing that Guardians 3 is. Actually, I don't know. Some people saying it's a prequel, but going to find Gamora would be a really good plot point for this next movie. Yeah. Because right. she just kind of disappears at the end of the fight. Yeah, she just disappears. Nobody knows where she is. Nope. Kick Star Wars in the balls and bounced. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> All right. She, she missed the first time, but the second time she got both. There it is. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, Thor with the Guardians. That's exciting. And then we go to Cap. Does anybody want to talk about that? Yeah. So. I I guess going into it, um, I guess seeing the movie twice, uh, the whole build up is like, all right. So going back to what we're saying with the whole time travel thing is to make sure that. All the timelines stay intact. They have to now go back to the points where they took the stones and then put the stones back so that there isn't any repercussions from it. Um, and also, he has uh, he has a hammer with him, so he has to bring that back, too. That's another good call out. Um, so after doing that, uh, the whole plan is for him to, in our present-day time, to pretty much see him in five seconds. They make the countdown, and... Bam, nothing doesn't show back up. So at this point, Falcon's like losing it. He's like, yo, Hulk, what are you doing? Yeah, Fix I really this. thought, I, I thought Sam was about to pull out a, a, a gat on Hulk for a second. I was like, <laughs> I, Anthony Mackie really sold that anger. <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, good, good acting. But, <laughs> but, but he was like the little like call out for seeing it the second time. If you, if you notice that Bucky, he doesn't, before Cap leaves, like he gives him like a genuine like goodbye. Yeah. So I feel like before uh, Cap goes out, I feel like they like off screen have like a conversation about you know, Cap- know Steve. Yeah, about like just him staying and everything. 
So I feel like that's that's why he wasn't really, you know, giving off too much emotions. And he sort of like, I, I don't know if he knew where to look, but he already knew what was up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at this point, turn Bucky turns around and then calls out that, you know, hey, yo, someone's sitting over there on that bench. Let's see who it is. And it's old man cat. They did a really good job with that. With the makeup. Like, I, yeah, I bought that hard. Liver spots, it was, it was super good. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Which, which is actually, that is actually a legitimate character in the comics as well. Old man mm-hmm. Steve. Um, yeah, so, okay. I have questions. I have okay. multiple questions about this, this ending. Um, so. Oops, everybody. Let's get uh, it. <laughs> so, well, alright. So Cap goes back, right? And let me just, before I go into this, let me just say that I, thematically, this works for me. This is a wonderful ending with Cap. It doesn't surprise me at all that Anthony and Joe Russo wanted to end their big, you know, Avengers team team up with a Cap thing, because that's what they started. They Their first movie was Winter Soldier, so, you know, they're big Cap guys. I get it. And I'm a, I'm a big Cap guy, so, like, I, I love it, personally. It's great. Thematically, awesome. Um, however, when he goes back, is he? It's tell me if I'm wrong here. If he does, he go back and he is he just living like quietly and peacefully with Peggy Carter, with no sort of crime fighting, no like, no nothing. He doesn't tell us. Like, I have it. I find it hard to believe that like he would like he he would live in that time period and continue and let like Bucky continue to get abducted and tortured for. 80 years mm-hmm. uh, by the Russians and like let that whole thing because he Bucky as like past Bucky would still exist like everything would exist in that timeline um, is it so that's kind of one of my questions there I'm not quite but you can't but I mean you can't you can't alter the timeline because then now you're you're messing up other you're, you're messing up the like that press timeline is now becoming a different alternate timeline and that's the thing, though. Even yeah. just by him staying behind to do his life, that that's big enough of an event to change the timeline. Because yeah. the freezing of Captain America is such a huge, just like, moment in Marvel history between things like S.H.I.E.L.D. and Zemo and the Starks. Like, there's so much stuff that comes out of him being frozen for him to not be frozen. No, 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 but he's still frozen, though. So there's there's two caps. There's there two are. caps. There's two caps. Okay, so he's living out. Of, so how? This yeah. is dark. This is real dark, guys. <laughs> this, but right, because Peggy thought he was dead. Like we saw you go down in the show. She has to know this is not the same guy. Like there's this. It's like he put the stones back, but there's so many other things he could have done or didn't do that impacts it in other ways. Like there's still gonna be branched timelines now. And, and and let's let's go with that train of thought, Chris. Like with um, let's just say, hey, he Cap did just settle down for you know eighty years or whatever with Peggy. I find it hard to believe that a guy like Cap could just sit by and let the world happen and all these world events, knowing what he knows, and just sit by and be like, ah, fuck it, you know, like I'm with Peggy, like who cares? Um, I find it very hard to buy that from somebody like Cap. Like he may, he has several lines of dialogue throughout the entire franchise of even in Civil War he's like I can't just like sit by and watch you know um, uh, I can't just sit by and let like bad things happen or something something to that effect like yeah, he's I a really good something. kind of guy exactly he's 
literally the Marvel analog of Superman. Like, I just don't know if I buy that logically. Like, I I feel like here the Russos kind of went more for emotional payoff rather than something that represented narrative coherence, um, which I'm not super upset about. Again, like, it feels good. But when I think about it, I'm just like, would it, though? Would it? Like, um, I don't know. So does so when Cap gets brought back, he does get brought back, right? Like, they do bring him back? Or has he lived out... He couldn't have lived out his entire life because, um, at least not in the present-day timeline, because they, he he wouldn't be in this present timeline, right? So it's got to be he got brought back, but why didn't he appear in the actual, like, transporter? Why did he appear on the bench instead? Because he, he stayed in the timeline. He didn't... Like, he, he went back to Peggy and, like, didn't... And he pretty much lived out his life. So that that's so, so similar he, to, so similar to how like there's at one point two nebulas. There's a twenty fourteen nebula and it's the present day nebula at the same time. Okay. I feel like it's that type of it's is that type of mechanic where the past cap is still in the ice, still frozen, and then he gets unthawed, and then all the events happen the way they happen. But then there would still wouldn't there still be two caps now in it's our two, timeline? It's, yeah, yeah it's, that, it's two caps, but the other cap is just he's just he's living his best life. So even in present day, so the, okay, I, I just don't see. Okay, because you said he got unthought. He'd have to he'd have to still be Captain America. Like if there was what? It's a time so, loop. Don't don't yeah, think yeah, about it too hard. Yeah, don't time, think, I, I gotta have to. <laughs> We're here for <laughs> time paradox, man. Is the thing about these time travel mechanics in movies. This, you always come to these sorts of conclusions every time. I've heard so um, many different like thoughts on this one. I've heard that he lives out his life at eighty and then pimps back to the present. The, oh, I have heard that. I have heard that maybe he took like a couple extra vials or something from mm-hmm. the seventies and used them there. Um, See, hmm. he had enough time to get himself a new shield, right? And he's been carrying around this case. Like, I don't. I feel like that's. I, I don't know. I feel like he would have been Captain America, but done more of like a more like a homebody version of Captain America. Yeah. Like him and Peggy could both be agents or whatever, and they could still be together. Yeah, and he could still do the hero thing, just not in our time. Yeah, do it when he was needed. Yeah. I what I want to know is when he took back the soul stone. I wanted to see that exchange. Yeah. What? How? Okay. How do you? How do you okay. put that back? Yeah. How do you put that back? How do you put the ether back in Jane? Like stick it back upper upper butt. Like, oh no. Ew. Um. So I. I don't know. So yeah, we just completely gloss over all that, and it's just like, dude. But I do want to see Red Skull's face when he like when Cap returns and he's like, um. Can we get Black Widow back? <laughs> no. I'll give you a soul stone for I, 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 I'd like to. I like to speak to the manager. Um, <laughs> I want to return. I don't. I don't have a receipt. I don't have. A, but I, I want to return this and get my money back. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm very curious what happened there. So I don't get any of that. I don't get like the narrative machinations behind pretty much any of that ending sequence. But whatever. It gives me like emotional satisfaction so i'm fine with it one final thing before we wrap up here um at least for the the talking about the movie part um what okay 
So when you get snapped back into reality, presumably you get snapped to the point or you get snapped where you dusted, got dusted, right? Right. So, and the reason why I say that is because when in some of those portals, um, like presumably the people who got dusted on Titan, like you could see the kind of the Titan landscape in the background. Um, like for, for Spidey, when he was coming in, I remember seeing that. And I think I saw that for Doctor Strange too. Um, if you get, okay, so everyone, every, not just the heroes, everyone is getting undusted. Right. What happens to people who were like, like flying in an airplane? Were you like how they showed like, in that final scene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. what happens? Like what happens to those people? Like, what happens? What are you? Do you get stuck in like, like? What if you're heli- okay? So the helicopter, like the helicopter crash. Like at let's the stop end with this. I I feel like with this type of logic, they they just respawn on the ground. <laughs> like they, happy ending. It's just like just, in the sky. They just respawn. <laughs> they just re- they respawn like in that typical area. So it's like it's pretty much like Dragon. Let's go back to Dragon Ball Z logic. When people get wished back, like. They they get wished back in a typical like general area where they died. That no, we have to be specific about where you want them to be because they had the issue before where like when Namek blew up, can't wish back the Namekians because there's no Namek for them to live on. <laughs> so they had to name a split a place. Maybe 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 Hulk did that. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe like, he maybe, thought ahead maybe, enough to maybe do that. they thought yeah they thought ahead of like they wish everybody back and like they they want them to be in a, a safe spot. Right, because there's no audible kind of cue it all when it comes to using the gauntlet yeah. it's like just kind of will it and just, snap your fingers yeah yeah so, i was just like man what if you were on like a cruise or know? in those buildings that no longer exist exactly like you just spawn in like a window or something like you're <laughs> like some body horror type stuff where you just like you're halfway into a, you, a wall you spawn you spawn into <laughs> like you spawn here here in the t-pose, t-pose. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, there was an article I read where it was like, what if you were intimate with someone when you got snapped? And then that person, you know, you got snapped and somebody, that person has moved on in five years. And what if you're just like, you don't know. You don't don't know. Anyway. All right. So we've gone gone into some some dark territory. So let's just Um, not dust anybody else. (laughs) Everyone live and let live. Good. Now that uh, about that. Now that we've sufficiently uh, delved into the the deep dark depths of the snapping, um, let's let's uh, talk about a little bit about the future of the MCU um, for a moment here. What do we think is going to be next for the Marvel Marvel Studios as a whole? So going back to my bookmark from earlier in the episode, um, I read an article where in that scene where Akoya um, was talking about there were like tremors in the ocean, yeah, whatnot. Uh, people believe like that's a call call out for Namor. Apparently, she said Namor in the movie. I didn't hear it either, but somebody said she says Namor. I don't, I don't, no, I don't think she says it, but it's it's. I feel like it's it's implied that that's you know in a typical in the same area, and that Atlantis was already mentioned in the MCU already. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, it could be. I mean, Black Panther is a thing now, so Namor is a huge Black Panther villain. So I don't know. Maybe it can happen. I guess. Yeah. I feel like uh I mean I, I feel like that's a pretty cool like call out if that's you know real. Um something that I was talking to some friends about is that with the with essentially them being brought into 5 years in the future what I'd love to see is I'd love to see an older Miles Morales interact with Peter Parker. 
I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this, because at this point, he should be in high school. If yeah. Miles didn't get snapped. As if he didn't get snapped. Oh, right. Good point. Right. Which that was interesting point, too, because I didn't know that like, when going back to putting everybody back in their um in their storylines, I didn't know Genki not Genki, what's that guy's name? Peter's friend in um Homecoming. It's different than the comics. Oh, uh, Ned, Ned, Ned. Yeah, I didn't know he got snapped either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, I guess... the way he was looking like he had been living without Peter because like he was on the verge of tears. Right. Like it looked like you were back. Like I thought you were dead. Yeah. But if that's the case, then he would also be five years older, and yeah. he wouldn't be in the same class. It's very interesting, like, what the implications of this movie are going to be going forward. Because, yeah, like you said, everyone is kind of five years older, everyone who didn't get snapped. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, they could definitely work with a couple of things. Like, I'd love to see them do something with, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in, uh, in Spider-Man in about, like, a month or two. Because, um, like, that's the quote-unquote official, like, end of this phase mm-hmm. Yeah, is Spider-Man Far From Home. And then, um, what, like, what are the, like, so far, what are the official next phase movies? Is, uh, oh, is Guardians? Uh, th- uh, uh, officially, we only, they've only confirmed, um, Spider-Man Far From Home. We, the only, uh, the only reason we know about other things is because of, um, trades, Hollywood trades, um, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, like, all these places reporting on it, but the only movie they've announced is Far From Home. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So, presumably, I mean, this is me speculating, I've, don't know anything in advance, but um, but they will reveal, in my mind, their rest of their slate in at Comic Con because Comic Con comes towards the end of July. That is after Far From Home, so that's a few weeks removed. That gives them enough time to kind of like build the hype. Uh, people will have come down from Endgame by then. Um, people will have just come off of Far From Home and digested that. I think Comic Con is the perfect time for them to kind of reveal their next like phase you know the next few years and that's probably where we'll hear more about shang chi and black widow and the things that we know are that we kind of figure that are in production but they'll officially come out and say like okay black widow is here shang chi is here black Panther 2 is here um so but i mean yeah i mean what, what do you guys i mean we we know about black widow we know about shang chi like what else i mean we know guardians 3 is there anything else and black panther 2 and right. I think Doctor Strange 2 is something that we have heard that's in development. I want to see that. I hope so. Um, is there anything else that we might be missing there? I mean, let's talk about the giant-ass elephant in the room. They, uh, with the Fox characters, like, now being able to be put in these movies, uh, how would you guys like to see them being, like, implemented into the universe? I want to see Fantastic Four before I want to see X-Men, to be honest. Like, And that's not because I don't like X-Men. I love X-Men. But Fox has done enough damage to those characters. I think we should just let them die for like a few Let them years. breathe for a minute? Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sure it's going to be a while before we see them, too. Yeah. I think it's going to be about... I think Feige said something about 2021 at the earliest, maybe. So, like, I, I wouldn't expect them for, like, two to three years, at, at think, least. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Fantastic Four makes a better sense for the yeah. MCU right now, because it gives yeah. us a couple of things that you can really work with. Yep. One, we got to set up a new big bad, and you get Fantastic Four, so you think Galactus. Mm-hmm. And if not Galactus, you want to keep it more Earthbound, definitely Doom. Yes, definitely. Doom, Doom. has the, he has the threat level to, to like make a huge Avengers need. 
Yes. So that would be cool to do. Um, and then thinking about if we want to give the Fantastic Four either their origins now or in the future, whenever they come back, we could use them as part of S.W.O.R.D., which is the Space Initiative version of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we could send them into space for some missing for sure. Things go wrong because we got Reed Richards now. He's doing his brain thing because Tony Stark's gone. We need a new big brain. Exactly. Yeah. It would just kind of flow really well. Um. Yeah, with X Men doing Dark Phoenix so close to everything too, and we still got to find a new Wolverine. Because you know it's Wolverine. Well, I mean, I feel like it. Uh, who, who like how are they gonna like? like introduce these characters like do they just show up or like are they going to implicate saying that with them sort of messing with time that a like butterfly effect type of thing happened where now we have mutants now we have all of like these different characters in the world like it's i mean they had five years to let things brew and there's definitely potential for something to have happened some type of weird after effect from the vanishing unlocks the mutant gene i don't know yeah, like, it's comic book logic. You could take that and run so much with it now. Um, people have been trying to figure out how to get the folks back. Experiment goes wrong. Terrigen right. mists. Now we have something. I don't know. I find it interesting that Kevin Feige has talked about how Marvel wants to kind of get away from doing overarching storylines for a while. Um, I don't know how. I, I don't know if they're going to do that forever. But I'm actually okay if we kind of just get standalones for a while. Um, obviously, we I do like the interconnected nature of this stuff, and I do want to see more crossovers. But as far as having a big Thanos villain, like, I'm okay if, like, for the next year or two, like, we just kind of get standalones. Like, As Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is a really great kind of way to have your cake and eat it, too. Um, where you can have, like, a one-off adventure, kind of like a what-if series. Um, and and have that integrate really well with, with what Marvel's doing at the moment. I do agree with you, James. Like, if they're going to do an overarching eventually, which, I mean, I think they will. I don't know if it's going to be, like, super soon, but if they do work towards that, I think Galactus is a really good choice, and Doom, like, you named two really good um, villains for that. Um, I had another good one, too, that I just, remind, uh, just, just slipped my mind. Um, it might come back to me. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm not a fan of that. Like I I'm like the direct reason of like, oh, all these movies make sense together. Fine, I'll go see it. So like if it's if it's coming to the point where now it's sort of like a standalone, I'm not going to rush to go see it in theaters. I found that and I don't know if this is I, I don't think this is this is a coincidence either. And, and it's probably just personal taste. But um, the movies, the MCU movies that I've liked the most have had the least to do with like, the overarching narrative. Like, Winter Soldier, it stands so well on its own. It has ripple effects throughout the MCU, kind of, but, like, that plays so well without, like, any prior knowledge of MCU stuff or even what happens afterwards. Um, And same with Black Panther. You don't need to see Black Panther in Civil War to understand that character or where he comes from. Like, you see all of that struggle um, and all of that understanding is kind kind of on the screen there. Um, and even Guardians, to a certain degree, like, those movies really don't have anything to do with the MCU stuff. Like, Besides the stones, you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, Thanos and the stones, like, appear. And then, like, like my mom, for example, has watched Guardians and doesn't give a single shit about, like, Infinity War or, like, any of that. So, like, 
you like it they work so well and james gunn deliberately makes those movies so you don't have to follow the mcu narrative i totally get what you're saying chris and like i think majority of people do enjoy that interconnected nature um but for me personally i feel like the the more they focus on making standalone stories that really really work well i think that they're gonna find they're gonna continue to find great success because they'll be able to reach more people and people won't be like Ah, I guess I have to watch like 80 movies before I can watch like this one. Like my mom said that about Endgame. You know, she's like, I don't know if I want to watch it. You know, I got to watch like Infinity War and I got to watch like 80 other stuff, you know, 80 other movies. Because she asked me, you know, should I watch it? And I was like, I mean, you can if you want to. I don't care. She asked but you what? She asked me if she wanted to, if I could, if she needed to watch or she wanted to, if she wanted to watch Infinity War. Wait, what did you? What did you <laughs> I was setting you up. You missed it. Yeah, you fun. missed it. I, I, I'm sorry. I missed it. Um, but yeah, and and she was like, you know, should I watch these movies? And I was like, no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? I'm not. I'm you not. You did it twice. I'm not understanding. Should I, you I don't... what? Should you what? Watch. Watch this. Oh my god! I can't believe it. I can't believe it. James, James, my boy, I've missed you. Hey, oh, I've missed you so much. Good to be back. Wow. Um, well, I'm not even mad. I'm just blown away. Just <laughs> blown away. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I lost my train of thought completely. Uh, <laughs> you have to see these movies in order to enjoy. Oh, right. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and, and I was saying that, like, you could maybe, but genuinely, I don't think that these movies work, at least, let me, tell, let me say Infinity War or Endgame work nearly as well because the payoffs are kind of inherent with you being invested in these franchises in this universe um you may be able to get away with it but i don't think it'll be nearly as enjoyable um you know so i don't know i i I feel what you're saying chris and i'm glad that you're that you did say that you did voice that opinion because it's a distinct it's a distinct viewpoint that um i think a lot of people share for sure um yeah. So, any any final thoughts on what's coming up for for Marvel? Or what's next? I honestly have no idea. I, yeah, and that's exciting, right? Yeah, that's very exciting to not know where they could go. If 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 they said if Marvel Studios was like, we're not making another Marvel movie ever again, I would be okay with that because Endgame closed the book so well, and I didn't expect to be able to say that. Like after watching it, I was like, man, they're gonna tease a bunch of stuff probably at the end da, 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 da. no like they really bring everybody's story to like a really satisfying nice close and and it's and i'm okay with that yeah like that's like, a, like a part of me wanted some sort of like teaser for the next like you know arc but i like how they just they they bookended everything like everything yeah. is is clear cut yeah i mean they planted a couple of seeds but they weren't like yes you have to go see what's going on with this now exactly exactly like it was very classy they they broke their own rule of not including a post-credit scene which is extremely cool um and i think that's a that's a pointed statement you know that's them saying like this is the end like you thought this was a game you thought this was a joke like no this is over it's actually over for like this saga um and that's very cool it's very cool i do want to make a quick mention before we wrap up here that there is one arc that they could do and if, if like for an overarching thing, and it's called Secret Invasion. Have you guys heard about this? Ah, uh, with the scrolls. Yes, yes, a big 
arc where the scrolls kind of invade Earth um, and start taking the form of like many superheroes. It's a really great comic arc. People should like Google it or Wikipedia or something if you don't want to read it. But like, it's super interesting, and I think they could do that going forward, especially with Captain Marvel and how that kind of goes. Like, because they mention scroll, they they do like a scroll storyline in her movie, don't they? Yeah, they absolutely yep. do. Yes. I, I want to see how they handle that. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yes. I'm not going to spoil that for you at all, but that is a very that is a very important plot point. <laughs> so they could definitely do something like that in the future if they wanted to. So the seeds for that have been planted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I think the Disney Plus shows, we haven't really mentioned a lot of that. We mentioned Loki's thing. But I feel like I have a better grasp, uh, grasp on like what all of that will be, except for Wanda and Vision. I don't know what that's going to be. Oh yeah. right, because Vision did not come back. Yeah, Vision is dead, dead seemingly. See, hmm. but this is what I feel about like the Disney Plus. Like, I feel like it's going to go alongside of like the other uh, like spinoff shows. Like, it's not really going to matter. So. I think the Wanda and uh, Vision show, I'm not really going to care too much for it. I got to see it. I got to see it first. I gotta, I've got to check out what the storyline is. I like Elizabeth Olsen. I like Paul Bettany. You know, I like those characters. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious what, what they're going to be like. It's hard for me to envision, like, what they're going to do with all of that. I, I think I'm most excited about the... Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier one, just because I love those two together. You mean and the Captain and Winter Soldier one. You're right. You're yeah. not wrong. I don't even know if you mentioned that. Put some respect on his name. Put some yeah. respect. I, I was... I, was, <laughs> I, I can't take him seriously as Captain America. Really? Oh, Cause, man. Because every time, uh-huh. every time I see Falcon, I immediately go back to 8 Mile. I can't help it. Oh man. So I just see him getting roasted by Eminem and talking about Clarence has parents with a really nice marriage. <laughs> like I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, man. So, so to defend freedom, you can't defend yourself. So so we we've got to talk about this, but like, yeah, what what was what was the audience's reaction to that scene? Like I know for me, my first viewing, when they when like they were leading up to like the, you know, oh here's here's the shield, this is for you. I leaned over to, you know, the friend that I was seeing the movie with and I was like, yo, Yo, the trolls are going to be pissed. <laughs> oh man, like this is oh, I could, I could, I could see the articles now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see once you know everyone sees the movie and you know all the trolls come out and like start getting mad that they're gonna. I feel like we won't really see that until they actually like. I guess either in the show they do something with that or maybe in a movie he gets a movie but i think so, they're gonna i feel like they're gonna play that off in the show so so by trolls you mean just racist right yes okay <laughs> let's like uh let's let's not mince words there <laughs> let's just uh, call them what they call are what it is yeah, yeah. Um, so do you think they're gonna just call it another captain america movie you just put falcon on the cover like that would be so bold i would the ballsiest move I, yeah i would want them to do it now just to make people mad um <laughs> Like I, I actually love that idea. Have you guys seen the the Falcon Captain America like in the comics? Yeah, I've seen a couple of pictures of him at least. I haven't seen yeah. any stories with him in it. He he's really cool. In fact, in like the new Avengers when Marvel kind of rebooted their franchises after Secret Wars, like uh 
Sam Wilson actually, as Captain America, kind of takes over as the leader of the Avengers. And so he's, like, leading Jane Thor and, like, uh, Miss Marvel and a bunch of other characters. Kid Nova, like, all those guys, like, they're in Miles Morales. Like, all those characters, like, he's leading them and he's, like, molding the kids to, like, um, to, to, to be, you know, heroes. And it's it's really cool. And I'm interested to see, like, what Anthony Mackie can do in that role. I feel like he hasn't been given the opportunity to really shine like right. really really well um so I, I totally feel you guys when you're like i can't take him super seriously but like i i think given the opportunity i think he could do well i'm curious how to handle it too is he gonna get the super soldier serum or is he just gonna be like this is my suit it's, I, I, throw him a shield. yeah i think he's just gonna be a dude as far as as far as i can remember i'll have to flip through some of my comics but um he's just a dude like he's got a jetpack and the shield but he's not enhanced like bucky's enhanced you can um, like hook the birds in the comics like telepathic or something like that oh i have not seen that wrong i need to read that, that yeah, that's, <laughs> that's his original power set he's like a tele he's telepathically linked to a falcon oh this must be like pre-sam wilson falcon no, right no it was sam wilson this oh, is just, like, like Golden like Age comics. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, like how they, I like how they had that little nod to his Falcon in, um, was it Civil War? I think it was. Yeah. He has, yeah. like, a little drone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good way to play that off without making yeah. it cheesy. Agreed. Agreed. But, um, yeah. So that about covers it, right? Unless you guys have anything other future plans. I think that's about it, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's all. Yeah. That. So, all oh, in all, oh, I want to give you guys one more hope, one bit of yes. hope. Yes. There is definitely a possibility we could get Robert Downey Jr. back as Tony Stark. Okay. Say it with me. Oh, Iron Tony Heart. Stark AI. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's had he's had five years. He he probably planned for this somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be surprising at all. I would actually enjoy that. Like pop what? up in Spider Man suit. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that might be a cameo. That might be a cameo appearance. Um That'd be cool. like he could just leave like a bunch of messages for people. That'd be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um That's neat. Kinda of like that uh So You Think You, you know, with Captain America and Homecoming. Exactly. Um <laughs> All right guys, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, Chris, I think you were saying an all in all final thought. Yeah. All in all final thought, final review. Hell yeah, go ahead and watch this movie if you haven't already. And I'm pretty sure if you're at this point, you've probably already seen it. Go see it again. You get someone else to see it. Let's see it one more time. That's like, how how many hours is that? It's like nine hours? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours. James, what about you? Uh, final thought? Oh, most definitely. You, sh- you should watch that. Should watch, watch it that. again. And again. All I right. might, like, I might just find Infinity War on DVD or Blu-ray and just kind of do, like, a whole back-to-back showing one day. That's I almost... Just- I almost did that. Um, I, I didn't do it in one day, but I did uh, Infinity War on Friday night and then saw Endgame on Saturday. So it was close. I thought about it. I might have to do that. Um, but yeah, man, take everybody. Shatter some more records, man. Support yeah. the MCU so they can give us more cool stuff like this in the future. Yeah, um, I agree. Should I watch that? You should watch that. Um, it was a grand celebration of the entirety of the MCU. Um, it has a lot of great character moments, a lot of quiet moments that I appreciate. It's not just an action fest, but when it is an action fest, it's damn good. Um, so it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film on multiple levels. Um, and I think 
is a great culmination of the past 11 years of Marvel and everything that they've accomplished up to this point. So I think you could have, you know, we could have doom and gloom conversations about, you know, what this means for Disney as a company, like as it's kind of becoming this conglomerate, like it's, it's like this massive entertainment entity that's consuming everything around it. Um, but you know, for the moment, we'll focus on in game and we could talk about the other stuff later. Um, but you should watch that in the meantime. Yo, Mickey's Thanos. Oh, Man, God. You, I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> gauntlet. Oh, God. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but okay, guys. Well, that about wraps it up for the very first extra long episode of Should I Watch That? Um, it's about this time the final, the final fight's happening. Right, right, right. <laughs> you could just watch Infinity War and been at the best part by now, but it's fine. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> We exactly. love you guys exactly. so much. Thank you for uh, checking us out. Uh, James, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. It probably won't be the last time you, you see me. We'll Good. see. Hint, hint, Good. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. After Good. credits trailer. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. All right. And, that's, uh, that's, also... that's, that's when I rolled through. It was like, uh, James, I want to I wanna start up a, a new initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. All right, and uh, Chris, thank you as always for for joining me. Yo, like, I'm I'm always down for should I watch that? Like, I feel like this is one of our like you know old school shows. Like, I'm glad that we're back, and it's cool like sitting back for once and having you run the show. Like, this is this is pretty nice. I like I, this. I, I'm I'm tired, man. I'm <laughs> I don't I don't know how you do this every week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that about wraps it up. Thank you again for listening and uh, stay tuned to see what we'll have for you guys next in the pipeline. Until then, stay beastly. You gotta give it a little bit more than that. I, I, to it. I, I, uh, I have no idea if we're using the beast tagline for this show as well. Um, but it, you know what? Until then, stay beastly. There we go. Peace.